Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. So I just want to take a brief moment to speak to um, some of the events that have been happening over recent days. Obviously, we're all aware of um, what's going on in terms of this pandemic of the coronavirus. Um, On Friday, most of us would know, hopefully all of us do, there was a live uh, press conference where the Prime Minister and the National Cabinet put a temporary ban on non-essential gatherings over 500 people as of Monday, tomorrow. And the Prime Minister stressed the importance of business as usual, going about our daily lives uh, in a calm and wise manner. And we want to encourage that message right across the congregation. As leadership and as a church, obviously we're committed to complying with all of the recommendations from the government. And so across our locations and including here at City, we are wanting to ensure that no room or auditorium or service has more than 500 people in it. Now, in our extended locations, both in Bangkok and across in Melbourne, apart from City, um, we have uh, less than 500 people per service actually attending. And so um, we are going to continue at this stage our NUMA worship services on a Sunday as normal in those locations. Here at City, because in our 9am and 11am services, particularly in the mornings, we have over 500 people attending our services. Uh, We will need to limit um, that amount to 500 or less than (coughs) in this auditorium, excuse me, and uh, we will ensure that um, the building and facility is set up in such a way with entrances and exits, etc., in various other rooms that we will not have any more than 500 people in any given room. At this stage, we will continue to have normal services on a Sunday, including the 9, the 11, the 3.30 prayer power and the 5, if for some reason over the next seven days or beyond that that should change because of the government communication, regulations, etc., in response to be it community transmission or whatever may happen, we will be updating you daily uh, with information as to how we will respond to that. Um, revival nights are less than two weeks away here at City. Uh, over the next seven days, we will regulate and work out whether or not they will be going ahead, but we will communicate that to you as well. Our leadership is meeting daily to just get an appraisal on the situation and to make decisions. And so we want to communicate that we are monitoring this. We're wanting to ensure the safety and well-being of everyone in our church. There is a possibility that the government may call for a temporary ban on all gatherings, maybe at some point. We don't know whether that's going to happen as yet. But what we would say to you is... um, Church will not stop in terms of we will actually be encouraging everyone to sign up and be a part of a life group because we'll be live streaming our worship services into your house, into your life group. We'll have a skeleton uh, team here at church at City Location, worshipping, praying, preaching and just engaging 
with online church. So if you are not in a life group currently, I want to suggest to you to sign up today. Head out to the info hub in the foyer, sign up, put your name down. We'd love to connect you to a life group because we may have to um, live stream our Sunday services from city location into your life group. If you're not in a life group, in circumstances and conditions like this, it could be easy to get disconnected uh, from the church. And so we would ask you to actually do everything you can to stay connected, stay connected to social media platforms, SMS, texts, or email. We will be endeavouring to do whatever we can to communicate uh, in real time each day, whatever is relevant and necessary to comply with the government regulations. Now, I will be um, speaking online every day, uh, not only speaking faith and preaching the word and praying with people online, but obviously communicating what is necessary. Next Sunday, we are calling everyone at Numa Church to pray and fast for a whole day, 24 hours. Uh, there is historical precedent in the Second World War, King George calling Great Britain to a national day of prayer and fasting. We know in America that on their Sunday... Uh, which will be tonight, tomorrow, they're having a day of prayer. Well, uh, we're not at that point as a nation yet, but as a church, we can pray and fast. And we can stand together and we can believe for God to really move in power and authority. So please stay connected, stay uh, uh, accessing the communication channels, and uh, we will communicate to you daily uh, what's happening and what it looks like over the coming weeks. Can I encourage you, keep praying, keep being generous, keep encouraging each other and let's keep speaking faith over each other, over this situation because I assure you this too shall pass. It won't be like this forever. The economy will bounce back in Jesus' name. Churches will be filled to overflowing again in Jesus' name. Everything will come back but you've just got to ride out the storm and keep our eyes where they need to be. Now, with that in mind, I want you to turn with me to John 16, verses 28 to 33. Uh, we're interrupting our whole Kingdom Culture series uh, today. I want to preach a timely, I believe, prophetic word to us for what we're facing as a culture, as a nation, as a church at this time. God has put this on my heart over the last 24 hours. And uh, instead of continuing the kingdom culture series, the reality is we now have to be the kingdom culture. We've been talking about prayer fuels power, God's words, our foundation, miracles are normal. Well, guess what? There comes a point we've got to stop talking about it. You've got to start living it. And here is an opportunity for us to be salt and light in a world that is afraid, a world that is anxious, a world that is panicking. We don't have to operate like the world because we're a part of the kingdom of God. And so in John 16, Verse 28 to 33, Jesus is speaking. He says, I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered each to his own home, and you will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me 
you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. As I was praying about God, what would you say to us as Numa Church? What would you say to the city of Melbourne and the nation of Australia at a time like this? God laid this passage of scripture on my heart. And this morning, I want to speak to you on the subject, a pandemic of God's power. Because just this week, as we know, the World Health Organization declared that the coronavirus is a pandemic, which means that it's an outbreak of a disease and a virus all over the world. Well, I think it's time that we declared and prophesied a pandemic of the power of God, an invasion of the kingdom of God on planet earth. Matthew 6.10 says to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we've been talking about kingdom culture, what it means to be a people that carry the kingdom of God in our hearts. Now is the time to start actually operating, believing and living and declaring like we are citizens of the kingdom of God and not citizens of the kingdom of this world. What looks like great instability, I believe, can become unprecedented opportunity for the advancement of God's kingdom and a move of God on planet earth. Someone once said, whoever has the most hope has the most influence. And there is every reason for us to have hope because we are building our lives on the foundation of truth and the foundation of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. Peter said, always have a reason for the hope that you have in Christ Jesus. Let's be people of hope. Let's be people of faith. Let's be people of courage in a world that right now is very much afraid He's panicking, and if we're not careful, if we don't guard our hearts, that mindset, that spirit can actually begin to shape how we respond to this issue. In John's Gospel, of the passage that we just read, we read where Jesus puts the faith of the disciples under a microscope. And the reason that he begins to challenge and test their faith is because he knows what's coming. He knows that he is about to leave them And when he leaves them, that they are going to be scattered each to their own homes and that, in fact, their faith in who he is and what he has said is going to be tested in real time. You and I need to understand that our faith in God must always be tested for its genuineness. We don't really know where our faith is at until it comes under pressure. We don't know where it's at until something contradictory takes place to us and against us uh, that would force us to really examine what do I believe and how am I going to live my life. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 6, now for a little while if necessary you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honour at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, many believers are almost surprised that, you know, tests of faith come, that inconveniences come into our lives, because it's as if sometimes that we operate like God is obligated to protect us from all trials and tribulations and from all inconveniences. 
But the Apostle Peter declared in 1 Peter 4, 12, Beloved, don't be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice. And I tell you that only a believer who really knows who their God is, who is really carrying the culture of the kingdom inside of them, can respond to tests and trials praising God rather than panicking like the rest of the culture. Only someone who really understands who God is and what God has done can do something that is countercultural and illogical to the rest of the world. The rest of the world right now, cafes, supermarkets, in stock exchange, businesses, there is fear. People are panicking. People are thinking only of themselves and not of others. And God has called us to be counter-cultural in an atmosphere and environment of panic. We can be people that keep declaring, praising, and lifting up the name of Jesus over everything that we are facing in our lives right now. The end of the movie, Jerry Maguire, Tom Cruise walks in and says to his wife, you complete me. All the girls in the cinema said, yes, Tom, you do complete me. And all of the guys threw up. But after the movie... I want to encourage you that the next time you feel anxiety and fear over what you're hearing in the media, over what's happening around you, look at the test, look at the trial, look at the tribulation and say, you complete me. And you say, what on earth are you talking about? James chapter 1 verse 2 and 4 tells us, count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full work, its complete work in you, so that you will be complete and lacking in nothing. Without a test of our faith, our faith does not reach full maturity. Without a test of our faith, we will not be complete. We will not have that steadfastness that we need to be completed and to become more like Christ. Faith is like a muscle and without resistance, it will not grow. It will not be strong unless there is a corresponding resistance coming against it. When our faith is being tested, it's really easy to develop amnesia spiritual amnesia, where we forget what God said. You see, often when we find ourselves in a new trial, in a valley of new circumstances, we forget that when we face that valley and trial, God got us out of it. We forget that He spoke over us. We forget that He gave us promises. We forget the truths that we have studied and learned in the Word of God. And we develop this kind of spiritual amnesia. And yet Jesus, in John's Gospel, speaking to the disciples, tells them, I have said these things to you because something is coming on the horizon that you need to remind yourself of when you face those times. I would encourage every single one of us today, don't forget in the dark what God has told you in the light. Don't lose the plot in the dark because you forget the truth of what God has spoken to you in those hours and days and moments in life when everything was sweet and everything was going okay. Someone once said, when a train goes through a dark tunnel, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit still and you trust the engineer. And yet I see at times some believers are freaking out and panicking 
and they're throwing their ticket away and jumping off the train of truth because they've forgotten what God has already said in the light. Don't forget in the dark what God has told you in the light. Don't buy into the panic. Let's not become unbelieving believers where we acknowledge Jesus with our lips, but we deny him in our response to these circumstances that are coming our way. It's circumstances like this is why you've got to know what God's word says. If you find yourself actually feeling the attack of fear and anxiety coming upon you, and you're searching for some strength, you're searching for truth, you're searching for an anchor to your faith, this is why when everything is going well, you've got to store up the truth of God's Word in your heart. And I want to encourage you, if you find yourself scrambling a little bit at the moment, searching for some peace, searching for some truth to sustain you and encourage you, run to the truth of God's Word. Start to store up the Word of God in your heart. Store up the Word of God in your mind. Create some more space in your life to understand what God's Word says about times like this because in the midst of all that we're facing, heaven and earth shall pass away, but His Word shall remain forever. I had a friend who went scuba diving and his instructor told him, if you ever find yourself diving in dark waters, he said, look up and swim towards the light. If you find yourself being overcome by the darkness of anxiety and fear, it's time to run towards the light of God's Word because Psalm 119 says, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Word of God will illuminate to you where darkness tries to encroach upon you, suffocate you, overwhelm you. The Word of God will free you. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free in Jesus' name. Whatever weapon is formed against you in these days, you've got to counter it with the truth of God's Word. Don't just hope and sort of just say, oh, well, we've just got to hold on and until the rapture bus comes and we've just got to hold on and until we see this thing through. No, you don't have to hold on and survive. You can thrive and you can prosper in the midst of this if you build your life on the truth of God's Word. Every attack that comes against you, find a corresponding truth a promise in the Word of God and to begin to read it, begin to declare it out of your mouth. So if you're feeling afraid, you need to go to 2 Timothy 1.7 where it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love and a sound mind. If you are feeling or experiencing fear right now, which you could say in the natural is very expected and, and, and common if you're feeling fear right now. You just need to understand something. God did not send that fear to you. It's from another source. Because God is not a God of fear. He's not a God of confusion. He is not a God of sickness. He is a God who is good. He is loving. He is just. He is kind. He is holy. He is merciful. And He has not given you a spirit of fear, but of the power of God, of the love of God, and of a sound mind. You need to exercise the fruit of self-control and bring your mind, your body, and your spirit into alignment with the truth of God's Word. If you're feeling lonely, isolated in this season, 
You need to remind yourself of Matthew chapter 28, where Jesus said, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. You've actually got to come back to the truth of God's word, not just the the hype machine of the media that is around us. Feed your faith with truth, not feed your faith or feed your feelings, should I say, with all of the other opinions of man. I mean, just, you know, lots of people are struggling to even know all the facts because there's that many different percentages and this and that going on and different facts going on that you could get yourself more confused than a termite and a yo-yo or you could actually say, you know what? I'm going to exercise common sense. I'm going to be aware as best as I can, but I'm going to keep standing and declaring the truth of God's Word and I'm going to live by this and not by what the world says. This is where true faith will be seen in our lives for what it is. When Jesus' followers were leaving him, even Jesus had people leaving because of stuff that was going on. Jesus looks at the disciples and says, will you leave as well? And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, to whom else shall we go? Only you have the words of life. I want to ask you today, where else are we going to go? To whom else are you going to turn to? But only Jesus, only God's Word has the truth and the words of life that we need to live the lives that God has called us to. You see, Jesus' words to the disciples, what He was doing, He was pointing them to where true peace is found. He contrasts the tribulation of the world to peace in Him. He said, I've said these things to you that in me, in Christ, you may have peace. In the world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have tribulation. There's going to be all sorts of circumstances that are going to come against you. But in me, you are going to find peace. What was Jesus saying? He was saying, the peace of God is not dependent upon your circumstances. It's dependent upon your relationship with Jesus. Peace is not circumstantial. It is relational. And you've just got to make a decision, regardless of what is happening around me, I'm going to find that reservoir of peace in my personal relationship with God. Most of us interpret peace to be the absence of something, the absence of disease, the absence of conflict, the absence of noise. Oh, thank God, I've got some peace. But I want to tell you, peace, as the Bible defines it, is not the absence of something, it's the presence of someone. How do I know that? Because in the uh, Gospels, we have an account where the disciples are in the boat on the Sea of Galilee and a storm, a tempestuous storm, that's a great word, a tempestuous storm, the Bible says, starts to develop around them and they start freaking out. We're going to die. The wind and the waves were starting to sink the boat. Meanwhile, the Prince of Peace, the person who is peace, is having a little nana nap there in the boat, just snoozing away chilled out, not worried, and the disciples come up to the Prince of Peace, which Isaiah 9, 7 tells us is one of the names of Jesus, and they shake him and wake him up, and they're like, Jesus, don't you care that we are about to die? Don't you care that the boat is about to sink? And Jesus looks at them and says, why are you afraid? Oh, you have little faith. If it was in modern vernacular, it would have been, take a chill pill, chill out, just settle down, get perspective. Do you know who is in the boat? 
float with you, the creator of the heavens and the earth. I am the Prince of Peace. And he looks at the wind and he looks at the waves and he says, peace, be still. And with one word from heaven, with one declaration, that storm around the boat actually became a still calm. I'm telling you, we have the Prince of Peace in our boat. We have the Prince of Peace with us in our hearts. It's time to get your eyes off the storm and get your eyes onto Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the founder and perfecter of your faith. You're going to decide, I'm going to find my peace in Him, not in my circumstance, because circumstances come and circumstances go. But Jesus Christ stays the same yesterday, today and forever. You have to make a conscious decision of where you are going to direct your faith. You see, what was in Jesus influenced what was around Jesus. Are you allowing the prevailing mood of the culture around you shape your response to life or are you influencing the mood around you by the Prince of Peace that is in your heart? You and I have a responsibility as ambassadors of the kingdom of God to demonstrate to the world a different approach and response to life. We are ambassadors. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. If ever there was a time for the church to rise up and be salt and light and be representatives of the kingdom of God, now is the time. We don't have to cower in fear. We don't have to retreat. We don't have to be passive. The righteous are as bold as a lion. We don't have to keep our faith private. Oh no, the world doesn't need your private faith. It needs your public faith. If I was an unbeliever and I got sick in my body, I'd be looking for someone who had faith, who believed in the power of the Holy Spirit, who believed in miracles, who believed that God could heal and intervene in circumstances. It's amazing people who claim to be atheists, when it all goes pear-shaped, start praying. I bet you there are people all over the place who are sending up a prayer right now because they're afraid. Well, I'm telling you, you have access 24-7 to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Wonderful Counselor, the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God, the Holy Spirit, if you're a believer, lives inside of you. You can just dial up and it's an instant connection unlike NBN and you can make a decision that you can actually walk in peace and live in faith and live a life that is bold and, and, and represents everything that the kingdom of God is about. You don't have to live like the rest of the world. Peace isn't defined by your external reality. It's defined by your internal relationship. And Jesus said it like this in John 14, 27. He said, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. What is he saying? He said, don't let external circumstances dictate your internal posture of your heart. Make a decision that you're going to follow Paul's advice. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You've got to make a decision 
that you are going to run to God, not run away from God in a season like this. Now, you may say, well, Paul, that's good for you to say that, but you don't have coronavirus knocking on your doorstep. And yet we forget that the Apostle Paul wrote that passage of Scripture while in a prison cell in Rome, AD 62, facing impending death, and he still declared, don't be anxious about anything. He's about to have his head literally chopped off, the history books tells us, and yet he's there just having a giggle and, and, and writing, you know what, there is no reason to be anxious. Keep calm, carry on, it's all good. Why? Because he has got his faith in where it needs to be. He said, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so you've got to make a decision. I'm not going to let an inferior reality dictate my response to a superior truth. Some of you missed that. Let me say that again. Never let an inferior reality dictate your response to a superior truth. All of these things, all of these names, all of this stuff, whilst it is a reality, it's an inferior reality to who God is. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Don't trade eternal truth for a temporary feeling of anxiety. Peace that passes all understanding, it's actually a fruit of the Spirit, and fruits of the Spirit have to be cultivated, and the only way that fruits of the Spirit are cultivated is in contradictory circumstances. So if you've ever asked God for patience, have you noticed that you get circumstances that test your patience? It's like, well, God, I wanted you to give me patience, I didn't want to have to exercise patience. I mean, I didn't want to work for this. And, and, and God's like, well, I'm answering your prayer. And so we often, God, I want your peace that passes all understanding. Okay, well, church, hello, Australia, hello, the world. Here is a great opportunity to cultivate the fruit of peace. Here's a wonderful opportunity to become more like Jesus, to actually build our faith upon eternal truth and not temporary circumstances. You see, the Holy Spirit, who is the author of peace, lives inside of us, but that peace must be accessed by faith. Faith does not deny that problems exist. Faith just denies that problem a place of influence in my heart. Can we just join together and make an agreement today that we are not going to allow what is happening around us in our culture to influence our response to God, our commitment to what God has called us to be as a people of God, that what he's called us to do in terms of our giving and our praying and our encouraging and our witnessing and all this sort of thing, what it seems to be great instability, I believe God can turn into unprecedented opportunity for us to be an amazing witness in the world around us, but it begins with seeing what's happening around us from God's perspective. Someone once said, your perspective is either your prison or your passport. Now, a passport in the natural right now is probably not going to help you. But you can get a spiritual passport in Jesus' name by getting God's perspective on earthly issues. And when you get God's perspective on earthly issues, you start to understand when Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. 
but take heart, I have overcome the world. You start to come in alignment where you start to actually believe what God's Word says. I want to say to you today, there is no tribulation on this planet that can compete with the power of God. The tribulation of this world cannot overcome the power of God in our hearts and in our lives. No matter how dark, diseased or desperate this world gets, it cannot, it will not, it hasn't throughout history overcome the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit in the church. In fact, it's in contradictory times that the Word of God works more than ever before, that the church rises up. They've tried to shut off the Bible, they've tried to shut off the church and when the seasons of greatest persecution against the church, the church has always risen up because you can't destroy the seed, the incorruptible seed of being born of God. You have the incorruptible seed of the Son of God in you, the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. And 1 John 5, 4 says everyone, not just the pastors, not just the staff, not just the Pope, everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. You've got to make a decision. I am born of incorruptible seed. I have the DNA of heaven inside of me. I belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The devil is a liar. I don't have to submit, bow down to the lies of the enemy, the hype of the culture or the fear in what is going on in the world, but I can be righteous because the righteous are as bold as a lion. You've got to make a decision because that's what the world needs right now. doesn't need a passive gospel. doesn't need a retreating gospel. It needs the real gospel, which has always been the gospel, the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, first the Jew, then the Gentile. The gospel still works no matter coronavirus or not. The gospel still works no matter whether the church is getting persecuted or not. The gospel flat out works. And you just got to make a decision in faith, I'm going to build my life on that. I'm going to stand on the truth of that. Because I tell you, not only did Jesus die, rose again, conquering sin, Satan and death, but he sent you the Holy Spirit. He said, in fact, in John 16, just a few verses before, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I go away, I will send the helper, the Holy Spirit to you. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Apparently, listen to this, apparently, according to the Son of God, the Holy Spirit living inside of you is better than Jesus standing next to you. Apparently. And we'll be like, well, surely just if Jesus was here right now, it'd all be good. But he is here. His spirit lives inside of you. So the Holy Spirit, the helper, the wonderful counselor, who lives inside of you is greater than Jesus standing in the flesh next to you. You have a reservoir of power, of peace, of truth, of understanding. And when the Word and the Spirit comes together, no weapon formed against you shall prosper in Jesus' name. So I want to encourage you today, take heart. Jesus has disarmed the principalities and powers of darkness. He has triumphed over them. I want to encourage you to take heart that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Take heart. If God be for you, who dare be against you, take heart. Jesus has already overcome the world. 
And so therefore, if Jesus has already overcome the world, as we bring this message to a close, let me give you some practical do's and don'ts simply to follow in this season as the worship team comes up. Here's the first one. Write these down. Number one, feed your faith. Don't feed your fear. Really simple. Feed your faith, the Word of God. Don't feed your fear. Be informed with what is happening in the world for like five minutes and then spend the next 55 minutes feeding your faith. Some of us spend our whole lives feeding on fear and five minutes feeding our faith. And we wonder why we're anxious. Feed your faith, don't feed your fear. Number two, remain connected, don't live isolated. Remain connected. There is something powerful about community. There is something powerful about staying connected, praying for each other, encouraging each other. If, and it's a big if, but if there is a temporary ban on all gatherings, you would want to be in a life group. You would want to be encouraging each other. You'd want to still meet up every now and then, one-on-one, two-on-two, whatever it is, and encourage each other. You'd want to be calling. You'd want to stay connected to what God's saying through social media. You'd want those things. Why? Because isolation is the devil's playground. And if you isolate yourself from Christian community, you become a target for the enemy and you're going to find it hard to wage war against the things the enemy is bringing against you. Number three, pray fervently, don't panic recklessly. Up your prayer time, up your, your just engagement and conscious awareness of prayer and of who God is. Number four, here's a big one, remain generous, don't hoard selfishly. If you have 658 rolls of toilet paper, repent and share it around for the rest of us who don't have any. Can I get a witness in the house? Seriously, love gives generously. People are beating each other up over toilet paper. It's like I would have thought we would have gone for food and water first, but no toilet paper because apparently it's, we're going to be in the toilet a long time. I just want to say to you, can we keep giving and being generous to each other and to God and to his house? Don't withhold your tithe. Don't withhold an offering. Just sow in lack and keep believing God is no man's debtor. You can't outgive God. He will look after you. He is your provider and supplier. Don't hoard selfishly. Keep being generous. The world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. People don't realize they're just living self-centered, hoarding it up for themselves and going to be stuck with a whole lot of paper they don't need. Then they'll sell it on eBay. But anyway, number five, declare God's word. Don't amplify negativity. Rather than talking about how bad it is, let's talk about how good God is and what God's doing. Do you know, even this week, right now, I've been hearing testimonies, miracles, stories, things happening. You know what I do? I choose to listen to that rather than joining in with all the negativity. I know what's going on. Trust me. I get daily updates from my executive assistant. I'm like, you feed on the negativity. I'm not listening to it. No, no, it's not true. It's not true. I know what's going on. 
I know what's happening. We're talking to people from government, different. We know, but I'm not going to choose to live by that. I'm going to feed my faith. I'm going to declare truth. Number six, take communion daily and don't indulge in apathy. If everything gets shut down and we're all at our homes, don't spend 24-7 watching Netflix. Actually, start to actually be proactive in building your mind, building your faith. Get some exercise. Look after your body. Take communion. And number seven, here's a big one. Stay sensible. Don't feed the hysteria. Stay sensible. Don't feed the hysteria. You know the great thing about being a believer is that it isn't all pie high up in the sky and ooky spooky. It's very practical. There is a supernatural dimension, but God always intended the supernatural to be very natural. So stay sensible, stay common sense, look after yourself, but don't live in fear. Would you stand to your feet with me today? I want to declare a blessing over you as we bring this to a close. And I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes and just lift your hands all across this room as I pray over you, Jude 24, 25. God's word to you today is now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Father, we come to you today. And we bring to you, oh God, what's happening in our world. Come on, why don't you begin to lift your voice right now all across this room as we pray together. Father, we believe, oh God, that you are for us and you are not against us. We wage war in the Spirit against coronavirus in Jesus' name. And we declare no weapon formed against us shall prosper. I pray, oh God, for the health, well-being and strength of every individual, every family, every business. Oh God, I pray in seasons of contradiction, let businesses prosper and flourish in Jesus' name. I pray, oh God, for a covering of protection. Send your ministering angels over us, oh God. Lord, let the name of Jesus be lifted up and glorified in our lives as we go about our lives and do what we do. Father, I pray today for wisdom and common sense to prevail over fear and anxiety. I pray for peace that passes all understanding to gut our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. I pray even during this season that Lord, that gates of hell shall not prevail against the building on advancement of the church, that you are still building your church. I pray, oh God, for more people to get saved, more people to be connected in life groups than ever before, more resource to be released into the kingdom than ever before. God, we are asking for a great move of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, in all these things, we declare all the promises of God, a yes and amen, that we are the head and we are not the tail. We are above only and we are not beneath. And we declare this in faith, in the name of Jesus. And if you believe it, come on, let's put our hands together and let's honour the Lord as we worship. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again 
conquering sin, Satan and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you're ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.